Hello there. You're listening to an episode of Aminder that highlights 12 papers published in June of 2022. They converge on the topic of targeting neuronal and synaptic function as a treatment option for Alzheimer's disease. We cover in silico and drug discovery papers, test strategies such as using phytochemicals or genetic manipulation, and we cover papers that specifically target improving synaptic function. Hope that was enough to catch your interest. If so, stick around to learn more. Welcome to Aminder, a podcast where we summarize the latest publications on Alzheimer's disease for you, so you can spend more time doing awesome research. For every month, you'll find a series of episodes by theme, and each comes with a bibliography. Whether you're in the lab, on the bus, or cooking your meal, we hope you find this podcast useful and accessible. My name is Anusha, and I'm your host for this episode. This particular episode will be divided into four categories, with the first one covering three papers that focus on the discovery end of the drug development pipeline. Next are two papers that test phytochemicals, or plant-derived molecules, in Alzheimer's disease, or AD, rodent models. Then we'll take a short break following which we have two more papers that alter gene expression as a treatment strategy. Finally, we close our episode off with five papers that target synaptic function in AD. As I go along, I'll be numbering the papers, so if any of them interest you, just look for the number in the bibliography. A small disclaimer that I will only be paraphrasing what I believe to be the most interesting parts of the abstract, so there's certainly room for interpretation over the quality and validity of each paper that I cover. My goal is to present you with a jumping-off point to get you to the papers that pertain to you, but it's up to you to look them up. With all that said, let's move ahead with the content of the episode. Alrighty, our first set of papers starts at the beginning of the drug discovery journey. We have three papers that propose new therapeutics using in silico techniques and structural analysis of promising compounds. The first paper is Study of Nonlinear Optical Responses of Phytochemicals of Clitoria ternatia by Quantum Mechanical Approach and Investigation of Their Anti-Alzheimer Activity with In Silico Approach. The first author is Lakera, and the last author is Selik, and this was published in the journal Structural Chemistry. Authors are affiliated with Uttarakhand Open University in India and the Ersiyas University in Turkey. In our first paper, authors delve into what is so special about the medicinal plant more commonly known as the blue pea plant. They employed a specific type of computational analysis called nonlinear optical response to investigate different active compounds of this plant. From this, they identified the compound, clitorin, as the most active phytochemical present in this plant. Molecular dynamics simulations suggest that this compound could be useful in AD as it has inhibitory properties, although they don't specify what the targets of clitorin may be. 
They wrap up by stating that their cardiotoxicology analysis shows that this could be a promising AD compound that is safely tolerated in the heart as well. Next is paper number two, Mechanistic Insight of the Potential of Geraniol Against Alzheimer's Disease. We have co-authorship by four authors here with the surnames Liu, Zhu, Huang, and Rehman, and this was published in the European Journal of Medical Research. The authors are affiliated with the Chinese PLA General Hospital, University of Debrecen in Hungary, and University of Punjab and Al-Nurian's group of institutes in India. Another paper, another flower. This time we test for pharmacokinetics and pharmacodynamics of a plant-derived compound that comes from geraniol. Geraniol extract was run for pathway enrichment analysis, which organizes potential targets of the extracts into different pathways important for cell survival and function. This analysis led authors to potential targets including cholinergic and serotonergic synapses, as well as neuroactive ligand receptor interactions. These pathways are not only important for synaptic function, but are implicated in AD pathology. They further tested potential interactors of geraniol using molecular dynamics simulation, which identified muscarinic acetylcholine receptor M3 as having the highest affinity interaction with geraniol. This paper therefore gives us a good start towards a mechanism that could be targeted in AD that involves the M3 receptor. The third paper in our episode is Pocahemiketone A, a sesquiterpenoid possessing a spirocyclic skeleton with a hemiketal endoperoxide unit, alleviates A-beta 25-35 induced pyroptosis and oxidative stress in SHSY5Y cells. The first author is Zhu, and the last author is Xiong, and this was published in the journal Organic Letters. The authors are affiliated with the Chengdu University of Traditional Chinese Medicine. In this next paper, authors test a compound that was extracted from the patchouli plant called Pocahemiketone A. This was a recently identified compound that the authors wanted to characterize better using single crystal x-ray diffraction. This is an imaging technique with atomic and molecular resolution that can identify protein structure. They report this protein structure in the paper as well as the finding that it was able to protect against A-beta 25 to 35 induced damage in the SHSY5Y or sushi cell line. This was suggested to happen through the inhibition of oxidative stress and inflammation through the NLRP3 pathway. Altogether, this paper provides us with novel insight into the structure and therapeutic potential of the compound pocahemiketone A. Although we've already been covering plant-derived compounds so far, the next couple of papers are also looking at phytochemicals, but this time we're moving up the drug discovery pipeline and explicitly testing for synaptic effects in rodent models of AD. Paper number four is entitled Ginkgo Biloba Extract Ameliorates Scopolamine-Induced Memory Deficits Via Rescuing Synaptic Damage. 
We have co-first authors Zhang and Zheng and last author Wu. This was published in Current Medical Science. And the authors belong to the Tongji Medical College in China. You've probably heard of the herbal extract ginkgo biloba before, and its potential to improve learning and memory. In this paper, authors investigate its mechanism of action in an AD rat model induced by scopolamine injection, often used to model neurodegeneration and memory and learning deficits. They compared rats treated with ginkgo biloba extract to untreated rats in both behavioral and anatomical measures. They found that treatment rescued learning and memory deficits and increased hippocampal spine density and maturation. The authors also found that the extract increased expression of PSD95 and reduced the levels of inhibitory microRNAs in the rat hippocampus. Specifically, they found reduction of the MIR-13P and MIR-2063P levels. All of their findings point to neuroprotective effects of ginkgo biloba correlating with synaptic proliferation and synaptic maintenance. Next is our fifth paper of the episode, 7,8-dihydroxycoumarin alleviates synaptic loss by activated PI3K, AKT, Kreb, BDNF signaling in Alzheimer's disease model mice. The first author is Yan, and the last author is Chen, and this was published in the Journal of Agricultural and Food Chemistry. The authors are affiliated with Jinan University and Sun Yat-sen University, which are both in China. In this paper, authors test for the effects of a compound called coumarin, which is found in all sorts of plants, including cinnamon. Specifically, authors wanted to test a component of coumarin called 7,8-DHC for its effects of A-beta deposition and memory performance in an AD animal model. From the title, I can see that this is a mouse model of AD that is hallmarked with A-beta deposition, but they don't specify which model it is, at least in the abstract. They do state that treatment with this compound reduced A-beta accumulation through reducing levels of base 1 and increasing the levels of atom 10 and 17. They also state that the compound rescued memory impairment, increased dendritic branching, and increased expression of synaptic proteins through BDNF signaling. Therefore, this bioactive coumarin substrate could serve as a basis to develop a therapeutic for AD. Next, we have two papers that target memory impairment in AD by genetic manipulation of certain genes. Paper number six is called Cirque Huey 1 Knockdown Alleviates Amyloid Beta-Induced Neuronal Injury in SKNSH Cells via MIR-433-3P Release-Mediated FGF7 Downregulation. The first author is Meng, and the last author is Li, and this was published in the journal Neurotoxicology Research. The authors are affiliated with Chongqing University Central Hospital and People's Hospital of Fengdu in China. So we briefly had mentioned microRNAs in this episode already, but did you know that there is such a thing as circular RNA that are also involved in AD pathogenesis? This paper takes a look at one specific circular RNA called CIRC-HUE1, which is involved in A-beta-induced neuronal injury. 
They used SKNSH cells to knock down this RNA in vitro. Authors found that knockdown of CIRQE1 improved cell viability in the face of A-beta treatment. This was potentially through downstream effects on MIR-433-3P 433 and its effector FGF7. Finally, authors report that CIRQE1 activated the WINT pro-survival pathway through the effectors I'd already mentioned. Therefore, CIRQE1 knockdown seems to be another way to promote cell survival by increasing WINT signaling, at least in vitro. Moving along, we have paper number 7. Shati Nat AI overexpression improves cognitive decline by upregulating neuronal trophic factor in Alzheimer's disease model mice. The first author is Chine, and the last author is Nitta, and this was published in the journal Neurochemical Research. The authors are spread out through several Japanese institutes. In our next paper, we investigate the role of a molecule that is broadly associated with psychiatric disease called Shati Nat-Adi, and we'll be exploring this molecule in the context of AD. As the authors recently had shown that this molecule is implicated in cognitive function, they test the effects of its overexpression in the hippocampus of the 5X FAD model of familial Alzheimer's disease. They found that hippocampal overexpression ameliorated cognitive dysfunction without changing the A-beta deposition or neuronal viability. They also report that BDNF mRNA was increased as a result of this overexpression, which could contribute to its mechanism of neuroprotection. Since this episode is the first time I'm covering papers that use gene therapy as a therapeutic intervention, I'm looking forward to see these findings followed up on in the future, and hopefully in future episodes. Before we move on to our next section, let's take a small break to stretch our bodies and our minds. Hey listeners, I'm here to let you know A-Minder is recruiting. If you're interested in joining us, shoot us an email at aminderpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Nearly 1 million older Canadians live with a form of dementia. This number is expected to double within 10 years, and sadly no solutions exist yet to dramatically reduce these numbers. It has to stop. Research can help solve this problem. We are 350 researchers fully dedicated towards preventing and finding a cure to dementia, and to improve care to those living with dementia. We are the Canadian Consortium on Neurodegeneration and Aging. The solution to dementia could be closer than you think. Welcome back to the second half of our episode. We have five papers remaining which all specifically target synaptic function in AD. The first of this batch is paper number eight of the episode. Neuroprotective effects of coenzyme Q10-loaded exosomes obtained from adipose-derived stem cells in a rat model of Alzheimer's disease. The first author is Sheikh Hassan, and the last author is Najafi, and this was published in the journal Biomedical Pharmacotherapy. 
The authors are affiliated with Hamadan University of Medical Sciences and the Shahid Beheshti University of Medical Sciences, which are both located in Iran. You may already be familiar with the antioxidant CoQ10 and its potential to improve neuroinflammatory damage in AD. Here, authors aim to improve brain delivery of this compound using exosomes derived from adipose tissue stem cells. The model that was used in this paper is the streptozotocin-induced rat. Streptozotocin is a compound that can induce a diabetic state by destroying cells of the pancreas and can mimic AD as well by inducing pathological changes like A-beta aggregation as well as behavioral changes like spatial learning deficits. In this paper, these rats were treated with either CoQ10 alone, MT exosomes, or CoQ10-containing exosomes and tested for memory performance. The rats that received CoQ10-containing exosomes performed significantly better than either CoQ10 alone or exosome alone. This method of delivery also increased BDNF expression, cell density, and SOX2 gene expression, which all point towards a reduction in oxidative stress and increased cell survival and or proliferation in the hippocampus. Perhaps adipose stem cell-derived exosomes could be looked into further as a method to deliver compounds like CoQ10 to the brain more effectively. Paper number 9 is entitled RAS Inhibitor Lonafarnib Rescues Structural and Functional Impairments of Synapses of A-beta 1-42 Mice via alpha-7 nicotinic acetylcholine receptor-dependent BDNF upregulation. The first author is Kai, and the last author is Chen, and this was published in the Journal of Neuroscience. The authors are affiliated with Nantong University in China. Cutting right to the punchline of this next paper, BDNF also makes a special appearance here. This time, its signaling is activated through the alpha-7 nicotinic acetylcholine receptor. How did we get here? Well, authors of this paper wanted to test the effects of a drug called lonafarnib in the context of synaptic transmission and plasticity. They found in A-beta 1-42-induced AD mice, this drug increased cell surface expression of the alpha-7 nicotinic receptor and BDNF levels. They also report improved synaptic structure, transmission, plasticity, and even spatial cognition. These effects were dependent on BDNF function as inhibiting signaling through the track B pathway abolished any improvements. They go on to elaborate on the cell signaling pathway, which implicated CAM kinase 2 and Krebs signaling, as well as the HRAS protein. Therefore, we have mechanistic insight into the synaptogenic action of a drug that's already on the market, lonafarnib. Next is paper number 10, Reversal of Synaptic Loss in Alzheimer Mouse Models by Targeting MGLUR5 to Prevent Synaptic Tagging by C1Q. The first author is Spurrier, and the last author is Strittmater and this was published in the journal Science Translational Medicine. The authors are affiliated with Yale University School of Medicine and Allies Therapeutics, which are both located in the U.S., as well as University of Tübingen in Germany. 
Our next paper actually looks at an extrasynaptic player in synaptic transmission, the microglia. Researchers here followed up on the finding that mGluR5 allosteric modulation can prevent changes to synaptic signaling induced by A-beta. In aged transgenic mice overexpressing APP mutations, mGluR5 modulation restored alterations to synaptic density and reduced accumulation of phosphorylated tau. Modulation also prevented synaptic activation of the complement inflammatory cascade thereby protecting synapses from microglial targeting. It was nice to take a break with that paper and look at synaptic transmission from a different angle. Moving on to our penultimate paper of the episode, paper number 11. A class 1 HDAC inhibitor rescues synaptic damage and neuron loss in APP-transfected cells and APP-PS1 mice through the GRIP1 AMPA pathway. The first author is Han, and the last author is Ma, and this was published in the journal Molecules. Authors are affiliated with Dalian Medical University in China. In this paper, authors follow up on the finding that the protein histone deacetylase mediates A-beta damage to dendritic spines. This protein, which I'll be referring to as HDAC, was inhibited in sushi cells overexpressing the Swedish variant of APP and APPPS1 transgenic mice. They report a lot of findings of genes and protein levels that are altered with HDAC inhibition, but I'll stick to the broader cellular changes. Inhibition of HDAC prevented loss of hippocampal neurons and reduced deposition of A-beta and hyperphosphorylation of tau in vivo. Also in vivo, they report that inhibition modulated AMPA receptors to increase hippocampal glutamate transmission. Therefore, HDAC1 inhibition could be another avenue to improve cognition in AD, especially in early AD. We arrive at our final paper of the episode, which is paper number 12, I2-imidazolene ligand CR4056 improves memory increases APOE expression, and reduces blood-brain barrier leakage in 5x fad mice. The first author is Mota, and the last author is Sastri. This was published in the International Journal of Molecular Sciences. The authors are affiliated with Imperial College London in the UK and Rotafarm Biotech SRL in Italy. Our last paper is once again turning to the 5x fad mouse for answers. And if you'll remember, this is a model of familial Alzheimer's disease. This time, authors test the oral administration of the drug CR4056, which is an I2 imidazoline ligand and has the potential to improve learning and memory. Importantly, this drug has already been shown to be safely tolerated in humans. Back to our mouse model, animals were given 10 days of treatment with this ligand at the age of 6 months. Treatment improved the memory of mutant, but not wild-type animals, and did not affect levels of A-beta deposition. They also report reduced pro-inflammatory activation of microglia, increased astrocyte density, and increased expression of APOE as a result of these glial changes. This drug even affected the vasculature and showed potential to protect against neuroinflammation and vascular changes in AD. 
to end this summary with kind of a tangent. If you are interested in learning more about APOE, Cassie has an episode on the subject that's set to be released next week, and Ellen Rowe has already released an episode if you are interested instead in vascular changes in Alzheimer's disease. Now we're at the end of our episode, but if you'd like to know more or get more invested in Aminder, stay in touch with us over social media or send us your CV to aminderpodcast at gmail.com if you'd like to join our enthusiastic team of volunteers. I'd like to thank the people who made this episode possible, including our sorting and management teams, whose names are accredited in the episode notes. Thank you also to Judy for reviewing my script and final edit, and to Lara for the bibliography. Finally, if you like this song that you're hearing in the background, it's called Journey of a Neurotransmitter, and I'm the one that wrote it. You can check it out or any of my other songs on my SoundCloud page under Anusha Kamesh or on YouTube under AK Music. The goal of Aminder is to serve as a useful and accessible tool for you, and I hope you found that was the case with this episode. Until next time, 